I had 1% more desire to succeed than I did fear of failure. And that's all that was. It wasn't like, I can do this, I got this. Not at all. I was so scared and so doubtful of myself, but there was one degree different between the confidence in myself and the doubt and that one out. So the question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets the top agents in our industry hoard themselves, grow and prosper in today's real estate market? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Muchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hi, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am so excited to share with you our newest head podcast sponsor, You know, and this is a company called Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a landlord-tenant software that has everything you need to manage your rentals from your phone or your computer. No need to be tech-savvy, download multiple programs, or hire a specialist. Rent Ready is easy to use for everyone, and if you do have a question, their customer support team is available to make sure managing your properties doesn't have to be harder than it already is. Rent Ready has a feature for every step of the landlord process. You can list your vacancy for free to Realtor.com and Doorsteps, find quality tenants with a full tenant screening process, send and e-sign leases right from the app, and track maintenance requests. Yes, there really is one app for all of that. Best of all, not only is Rent Ready easy to use with awesome customer service, but it's affordable as well. Get a subscription of Rent Ready for as little as $1 a year when you sign up for their annual plan using code ROCKSTAR. That, now that's crazy, a dollar a year, why wouldn't you go sign up just to see, even if you've got one tenant or wanna try it with one of them? So that's right, you get a whole year of Rent Ready for just one dollar when you sign up at rentready.com, it's spelled R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com, using code ROCKSTAR. Real Estate Rockstars, hey, welcome back. Today is gonna to be a treat. If you guys have been listeners over the last couple of years, you are going to recognize this guy's voice. You know, Pat Hyben was the voice of the podcast for the longest time, but somebody that would come in and do a lot of guest and host interviews with him was who you're about to hear from, Ian Lobus. You know, Ian and I go way back. So Ian and I met for the first time in Lake Tahoe like six years ago, six or seven years ago, something crazy yeah. like that. You know, at a GoBundance event, we were both kind of new there uh, you know, for the first thing at a coffee shop. And we just like at the, co we just kind of started talking about random stuff and started talking about doing real estate and flipping houses and building teams. And we've stayed in touch over many, many years as, yeah. uh, as I've been growing my businesses and he has. And I'm excited to talk to you today, Ian, just about all sorts of stuff. So how's it going? Me too, man. Dude, this is such a cool, I don't know roundabout juxtaposition, whatever you want to call it. Cause you know, Pat, the opportunity that Pat gave me to host this podcast was, I mean, it propelled me, you know, we'll talk about my new podcast in a little bit, but it's just so neat to be on here with you. So thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time to come back. And when we think full circle about how much your life has changed since I first met you, right? Since our very, very first stuff, you were, so how many years have you been in real estate? How many years have you been an agent? Uh, eight years, like three days ago. Yeah. So when we first yeah. met, you were on like year two, right? And, yeah. the, and, yeah. you were, and you were a successful agent. And at the time, you were looking at kind of some different 
business ventures and investments too, and maybe doing some flips or some developments and, and stuff like that. And now it's, it's grown to now you've got multiple teams and you're expanding those teams kind of around the country and you have a lot of different business ventures that you've expanded into. You know, let's go back to right now you're out in Baltimore, but when I first yeah. met you out in Tahoe, let's, let's, let's go talk about that. Let's talk about your first couple years sure. in real estate. How did you get into real estate? What was that like? And uh, you know, what, do you, what do you remember about that time? <laughs> My wife and I were going to write a book on our, on our experiences. So kind of you know, following the Amuchastegi model of husband and wife book writing on stuff that we're passionate about, right? I'm, I'm reading your book right now. And awesome. um, dude, we love it. We love it. Well, so it, 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 that would, yeah, our first book, yeah, the five hour school week was totally a yeah. passion project because it was yeah, as we had started to do these other things. Yes. Yeah, so much. into. I'm glad you like it, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, since I know you and Kalina, like personally, I hear you just talking. It's not like, well, I researched 60 different things and we're just going to compile research. Like it's your experience. I love it. So shout out to the five hour school week. If anybody's looking at alternative methods, I think that's actually should be a mainstream method, honestly, but I digress. So I got into, I, I, I ran my father's shipping company with him for seven years after I got out of college. And the universe took a turn, obviously with the economic downturn of 08 to 12. By the end of 2011, I just got married and the economy had hit my dad's business pretty hard. And the money kind of dried up for me and the type of money that I was making before, you know, big, big money. And my, my wife was like, I, I said, I literally didn't know what I was going to do. I was teaching swimming lessons for 10 bucks an hour. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was panic attacks. I hated myself. I hated my life. I was this huge success in shipping this big expert. And now I'm sitting in the water with six year olds. And I, I just, I want to like take a breath underwater and just, you know, not really, but like, it just was so bad. That's and I hard. said to my wife one day, Hey, I picked up a application to, <laughs> to stock bananas at this local grocery store. And she, she looks at me like, you know, we're married for five months. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, yeah, I mean, look, it comes with benefits. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I, I think that sounds okay, right? And she just said to me, I, I didn't sign up for that. And my wife, if any of you know her, she's, she's an incredible person that supports me without ever, ever, ever questioning me trusts me and, and just supports the moves I make and then helps me through the failures that we experience, right? Just like your wife does. And so she said, I didn't sign up for that. And she wasn't talking about money or lifestyle. She was talking about my possibilities and my abilities uh, to go high level in my mindset that I knew I could do something, but I just was, I was, I was shortchanging myself. So she encouraged me to get my real estate license and I did. And, and I, I got, into, I got into real estate because I was scared and I didn't know any other way to make the type of money I was used to with my dad's business, in all honesty. So from day one, I, I, called it, I called it crack rock real estate, no joke. I was slinging real estate. Nothing else mattered. Family, friends, events, holidays. I didn't give a shit about anything. I was focused on making money because at that time, money for me was my lifeblood. It was my power, my significance. It was my purpose. It was, it was how I, I, I just was, was rounded inside. And it wasn't from my upbringing. I just had adopted that because I saw what money was able to do for me 
when I made really, really good money with my dad's company, you know, selling shipping all over the world and logistics. And I was scared of who I would be if I wasn't a top producer and a high performer. If I was mediocre and stuck in the middle, I was scared. So I ran with a lot of fear. And I know a lot of agents listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I remember my first open house, I, I, um, I, threw up in my, I threw up next to my car twice. I, no shit, I was so nervous. I, um, <laughs> dude, I, I cried, no joke. I cried every day for the first six months. I just was so scared that I, I was going to fail, that I, I wasn't going to be this person that I knew I could be. I just didn't know how to get it. And so it was a tumultuous first year. However, I was very successful right out of the gate selling, you know, between probably seven fifty and a million a month by month three. And I wasn't, I wasn't stopping that trajectory. So that's how I got rolling. I mean, obviously celebrating eight years now, things are much, much different because of personal development and friendships and relationships like I have with you and guidance from guys that have kind of gone down these dark roads and, you know, uh, things got affected and I didn't, I, I made some changes and shifts before it, it was too late with like, especially with like my family. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. Now, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his Six Steps for Seven Figures book and training program that he built over the last couple years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. If you find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is a time for everybody focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay to get access to every course we've ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. So it's like your your wife had encouraged you and said like no you're you're better than this you got to go you got to yeah. go find something different because you were kind of ready to settle to like be like hey let's just survive and, yeah. and after losing that other job and she said no you're better than this and that helped re spark in you like you're right I am better than this I got to do better I got to make a lot of money and the yeah. and so did you know someone in real estate that was how did you know that real estate was going to be that avenue. I just knew the activities in my dad's business that were the highest dollar per hour production. And so I took that same concept to real estate. 
uh, like I said, money was safety for me. And I felt very unsafe in the world without any money. I mean, my wife and I, our house was in foreclosure. The repo guys were after my cars. You know, we were, we were, we were taking handouts from people for dinners and things like that. Like we were in really rough shape, really rough shape. And yeah. I was really big in debt and I was terrified, man. I was terrified. And this was 2012. So like the market had oh. just kind of correct, corrected pretty significantly. Uh, in yeah. a lot of places, it was still maybe the lowest that it's ever been. I mean, I know that prices went way down like 2009, 2010, but by 2012, yeah. that was kind of where a lot of people say, hey, the market started really taking off after that. Spring so it was an un- yeah. Yeah. So it was an unsure time for you to be jumping in. So you, so you jumped into real estate back then. And but I didn't so you think said, about that stuff. I just knew that real estate, it was either like selling Bentleys or something or high-end luxury items or like, cause I knew sales was my, you knew you needed a sales commission based thing. Yeah. I I needed to be able to dude. the thing that terrified me the most in this world is for someone to tell me when to come in, where I sit, what my view is going to be. And when I can go to the bathroom, when I can eat lunch, that's probably the scariest thing because I have this huge high need for variety and I don't like being corralled. Yeah, don't go. Don't no. go back to school. The uh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> a, a whole different subject right now. Right. So the right. yeah. So you so you were like, no, you needed your own job. You knew it was going to be a sales commission role, and so yeah. right away you just said, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna work, you know, more than forty hours a week. I'm gonna work really really hard. I'm gonna focus. How did you how did you get those first deals? So did you say like doing open house, and you were afraid to fail. You're like, hey, I need to work really really hard. But the other yeah. side about a commission based business is if you don't do awesome, you're gonna get foreclosed on. Right. If you don't do awesome, yeah. your car is getting repoed. <laughs> and I didn't. So what I did to motivate myself was I, I watched, I, I thought, so I, I, yeah, dude, I was stuck in this middle ground. I was so afraid to fail and I was so afraid of the other side. And like, I was trying to find myself at 30 years old. I felt very lost in the world. And I just, I tell people like I had 1% more desire to succeed than I did fear of failure. And that's all that was. It wasn't like, I can do this. I got this. Not at all. I was so scared and so doubtful of myself, but there was one degree different between the confidence in myself and the doubt and that one out. Yeah. Plus, I, I used to imagine, I didn't have kids back then, and I used to imagine what my wife's dad would think about me. And he never said anything. He's not that kind of guy, but like, what if I had a daughter? What if I were my wife's, you know, father? What would I be thinking about a husband that's like a total failure and, you know, like just has a potential but isn't using it? And I use that to motivate me. And the biggest thing that motivated me was the bank said there's an auction now scheduled. It's three weeks from now or a month from now. Get out of your house. And I was like, fuck, it's over. Like, so... I remember watching my wife pack up our house, like crying on the floor. And I used that as an insane amount of motivation because back then I thought like, I never want her to ever feel this again. I never want her to next to know where the next dollar is coming from. So I started journaling and visioning vision, doing vision boards back then. And I literally made that. I didn't show it to her. I didn't show it to anybody. I thought I was embarrassed by it, but I literally said like, my wife will never, ever, ever wonder where the next dollar is coming from. And I made that my kind of North star. And what I've discovered is like, it wasn't what drove me wasn't actually the way my wife felt. It was the man that I was back then, angry, frustrated, overwhelmed, fear. I, I, 
I wasn't afraid of what my wife would feel. I was afraid of going back to that man. And so that's what I ran from that guy so fast and hard going forward that I would never, I just would never look back. Man, there, there's so many things you said there. I, <laughs> I love what you said that your motivation, it's not that you didn't have doubt. It's not that you didn't have fear, yeah. but your like motivation just had to win the scale. You just mm-hmm. had to be slightly more motivated than you did have yeah. the doubt. You had to have slightly more confidence than you had that doubt. I mean, I, a, a lot of your story is similar to ours where when, you know, when my second daughter was born in 2009, I was working a full-time job as a, for a, from a home builder, but it was the world was crashing. And, yeah. you know, I had taken a half, you know, my pay got cut in half and my wife was working nights at a casino as a waitress while she was super pregnant. And so yeah. she was, she was seven months along and she all and she delivered and, and my second daughter was born. She was delivered way early. And, and I blamed myself for that. And the, and I blamed, because I was like, she shouldn't be a waitress seven months pregnant running around at two in the morning, uh, in, in a casino, but we, we were broke. And so I was looking at my, at my daughter with all the oxygen tubes and stuff, you know, onto her. And I just said, man, I need to do something different. And that became my drive. And that was a lot of my drive for the longest time was saying like, Hey, I, w- I was not going to put my family through that. That's when I quit my job, started my own business. And that was the, that was the drive that led to those 12 and 14 hour days to finally see something else come through. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. So you worked really, really hard. What advice yeah. would you give to agents right now to go get those first deals? So like, I think I hear part of your advice is like, Hey, work really, really hard. Have like a North star that you think about that is like your focus and your drive to go through it. What are you have any methods that you would recommend people use that worked really well for you? Yeah. So you asked me about open houses. So the first weekend I have my license, I did my first open house. I'm dude, I'm in a suit, my wedding suit. Cause I didn't have any money to buy another suit. So I'm in my wedding suit, tie buffed up my shoes. Like I said, I threw up outside of my car twice down the street from this house. I was so nervous. Then I called my wife and she's like, look, you're not trying to sell anybody anything. You're just trying to build relationships and that's what you do really well. So I started to compartmentalize my fear and my confidence. Instead of it being the world's caving in on me, it started to become like, I know how to build relationships. That's what I did with my dad's business. I was very successful. There's no difference except the product's a little different and I'm a little bit, it's a little different way. So that first open house, I, I, know, I know it very well. I remember it. I actually just drove by it the other day, just reminiscing. Um, I, I just started talking to people and I was just me. And I got two buyers from that who bought. Then I started going through the office, like open houses, four or five a weekend. Like there was no counterbalance for me. There was no balance. It was, I got to get this ship rolling. Like I've got to get this rock up the hill. There was no balance. And if I could do it over again, I would see, I would do it differently. However, four or five open houses a weekend, get that momentum going, get 15, 20 buyers in the pipeline, start working on some listing stuff. Look, nobody knows what you don't know unless you tell them. So all the agents in my office were actually motivation for me because they all told me that I'd never make any money the first year. And so I set out to prove them wrong. And you're like, I need to make money next month. Right. You're you're like, I can't wait a year. (laughs) Right. And they're like, well, it's a 90 day sales cycle and blah, 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 whatever. So I said, all right, watch me, watch me. I'll be on the top leaderboard in the next two months. And I set that as goals. And I just kept having these little North stars and then applying whatever 
again, compartmentalizing. It wasn't the world caving in. It was, okay, I'm great at this little thing and I'm great at this little thing. And I know I wear a suit well, and I know that my car can be cleaner. And I know like little things like that. I wasn't worried about contracts or business cards or any of that bullshit. I was worried about the actual getting a buyer to sign by our agency, getting a listing contract signed, building those relationships. That's it. So I knew that the buyers were going to be a little farther out and it was going to take too much of my time to take them around. So my, the manager that I had at the, at the brokerage I started at said to me, well, why don't you go after FISBOs and expires? And I, I found myself like, again, crying in my car, nervous as shit, man, dude, I've never been so nervous in my life. And I, I went to my parents' neighborhood where I felt more comfortable and I saw a FISBO sign. And I remember I called the number and they said, yeah, you're, you know, there's 11 agents that were interviewing on Christmas Eve, 2012. I'll, uh, you'll be the 12th. And I'm like, great. And at that point, what I didn't know, I didn't know actually helped me. And so I went in with a listing presentation, suited up. There's no heat on in this house. And the guy said to me, put that, and I started reading the listing presentation and he was like, no, put that, put that away. Tell me about you. And that showed me right there that nobody gives a shit about that listing presentation. They want to know you about you and what you're going to do. And so I pitched him on me and everything that I was going to do. And he said, what about staging? And I said, I mean, you got to stage. It's an empty house and I'll help you with construction stuff. And I just pulled every card that I could out to help him and his wife. And he called me back and he said, all right, it's down to you and another agent. The other agent wants us to pay, you know, 1500 bucks for staging. What will you do? And I said, without even skipping a beat, I said, bro, I'll empty my fucking house out. And he goes, great. You got the deal. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I sold that house for $20,000 over comps cash, which is unheard of in Baltimore with 11 offers. I, I blacked out everything on those offers and I got into go mode. I took all those 11 other or 10 other offers around the neighborhood. And I said, there are 10 other people that want houses here. Who wants to sell? And dude, before we knew it, we had eight listings up in that neighborhood and I controlled that neighborhood for the next six years. And so it just takes one little thing. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, I am sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break, but this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need, and this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So, you know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some Zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together? I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not, or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people. We're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all in joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the Real Estate Rockstars Network, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal, it's just an interest list for us to see, is this something we want to be doing? So that's, that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, I'm, a lot of you guys are in the, you know, the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to buy foreclosures on how to find deals 
on how to you know do title, you know go to auction, also turn that into clients for your real estate agents. How you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client. So go, you know, check out that course, especially for you know you can you can buy the course now. But again, most of you guys already subscribed to all that. I just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content, great great content that I just recorded on there. Uh, that all of you guys have access to now at Rebus University, and then finally, we have software that we talk about on and off. It's called Padhawk, and in Padhawk, you can use that to go find leads. What uh, you know, so everyone is really, really busy right now, and we're so, so busy. People are selling, and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they're, they're they can't find houses. Well, Padhawk will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties. Or people that might want to get there, I recorded a quick video. It's like six or seven minutes long for you guys to look at, real estate agent specific on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there. I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out. If it's something that you like, you may want to sign up for it. Ninety nine bucks a month, but nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software. You'll find something that hasn't listed yet, and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break. What a you great got stress. Like, it's like you got so lucky on that first one. Not lucky, but like that first one turned out really, really well. And then being able yeah. to take those extra offers and then go find other people in the neighborhood and using that as their sales point. Like, hey, by the way, I listed the house down there. I've got extra yeah. offers on it. The I bet one of these guys would want to buy your house. Do you want, you know, do yeah. you want me to sell it? What a what an awesome way to really get rolling. And we've talked to we've got a lot of people that we interview that talk about kind of like Focusing, focusing on a neighborhood, focusing on an area, finding their niche, and that neighborhood was one of your one of your first niches, and the and yeah. you were able to to drive it home. So, how do you go from that to hiring your first assistant or building your first team, and then jump forward and tell everybody what what you're doing now? Like, what is, what does your real estate business look like now? So the it progressed and honestly, like I'm not going to tell you the brokers, you can look it up, but it, they wouldn't let me have an assistant for my first year. So there I am managing 12 to 15 active deals by myself. And with my dad's business, I was, you know, the sales guy and I passed everything back as you should. And once I learned about the inner workings of the operations of the transaction, I knew that I needed another option. And I wasn't getting it there. Plus, my split sucked. And my wife, we, we, we did, I think we had our first like big, big month in like March of 2013, like six months in, really big month. And my wife looked at the checks and she's like, this is BS. Like you're, you're, you're paying them more than 50% of your commission. You're doing all the work. You got leverage now. You're the top guy in the office. I was the top guy in the mid-Atlantic region and and all I was ready for is hustling. I wasn't paying attention to that. But my wife said, you go back in there and you demand a higher split or you're leaving. And I'm like, okay. So I went in. They said no. And as scared as I was to, to, to move on, which by the way, I mean, that, that brokerage is great now to me. I like, like, like They said no. I went, in, I went in and said I'm leaving and they said no. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, I was like, I need a higher split. And they said, no, you're a firecracker. You'll fizzle out. And there was this... You know, uh, you, you and I are very similar. In school, that 
defiant mentality meant that you were a bad kid. And that's why I hate organized school so much because it, if I didn't have such a strong parent base at home to, that encouraged me, I, they could have shut me down. And I could have been, I could have, I could have just, I could have been hitting 10% of my potential because of that programming that I got from school. So I'm not going down that road, but I had this defiant attitude in me that said, F you watch me. And I was scared, man. I, I remember I sat at this restaurant and the VP of uh, this company was there. He surprised me and the manager and basically my exit interview. And he said, he's no longer there. So I can tell you this. He said, if you leave, your clients won't trust you anymore. You need our logo. You need our brand. That's why you're selling so much real estate. If you leave, you'll never sell another piece of real estate again. And in that moment, I thought to myself, be smart about this, but you got dude, there's one thing you got to bet on is you. And I said to him, F you watch me. And I went back to the office and I packed myself and I rolled out. And my wife came on board at that point in uh, October of 2013. And my wife came on as a full-time assistant, learned the business. I mean, she's a rock star. Like I didn't teach her anything. She learned everything on her own. And I took, uh, I didn't take, there was a couple agents that wanted to come with me. So I built my first team in like right around that October, November, no, September actually of 2013 with uh, another person. We kind of merged our businesses and that was the start of building a business. And that, that ended pretty quickly after about two and a half months. And then we ended up at, uh, at KW and, and I really learned how to build a business there. And my wife had been my assistant until right before my daughter was born in 2015, end of 2015. She just was there by my side, just handling everything behind the scenes. Yeah. So when you were, you left your first one, you were like, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to like start our own brokerage kind of. And then you said, no, 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 I was just, I just went to another brokerage. Okay. So you switched to brokerage and then, so you went to another one and then you moved over to Keller Williams and now you've been with with Keller Williams ever since. Right. The, was it hard? Now people said, Hey, without our name, without our brand, you're going nowhere. Was it hard to transition that? Or did you find that it, it was just like, Agents can make the transition as long as you're still you. I mean, dude, you and I share this. Like, I'm a, I, I'll jump real fast and, I'll, and I, I take huge risks because I trust that I can figure out a way to get out of it if I make yeah. huge mistakes. I'm confident with that. And I came home and I said, told my wife what happened. And she was like, well, I said, you know, I'm actually kind of nervous that I made a big, big mistake and, and we're going to go down if I can't make this work. And she goes, well, what's your dad always tell you? And my dad would always say, hey, son, you're going to figure out a way to make it work or you won't. The choice is up to you. Yeah. So she said, you've got one choice. You better figure out how to make this work or we're going down hard. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure out how to make it work. Like that was it. Like just I could figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Just getting Dude, the, the monster chasing me was so scary for me that that fear of being a nobody or that fear of just sitting in mediocrity like I was in school, like that drove me to hustle harder, which I would not advise. I don't advise that hardcore hustle because I, I, I lost me. I, I didn't understand Ian. I only understood Ian, the business guy, the realtor, the real estate sales guy. Ian, the person was completely negated and lost in all of that mix. And that was a dangerous place to be very dangerous yeah so let's so maybe you've been asked this maybe you haven't so let's look at that because that monster chasing you that hey i don't want to be a nobody 
that, yeah. you know, that drive to not be broke helped you be successful and push. Totally. How do you feel about that monster now? Like the, was the, it, it worked out for you, Yeah. but what's your drive today? And how do you, and how do you feel about all of it? So I, 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 when I, when I met you like back in 2000, whatever the 15, 16, like I adopted the understanding very quickly of a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family, the John Vroman mentality, mm -hmm. your mentality too. And when I met you, my daughter was about a month, six weeks old. And uh, before she was born, I remember I channeled this, I had this anger because I was, these deals were going south and I channeled that into an emotional response. And I wrote out this, you know, this big why. And that was, you know, that was like almost five years ago. And that is still, that's my mission today. And so I, I basically shifted and understood regret. My dad said to me, you know, you, you got to do something here because you're not paying attention to your family and, you know, your wife's not happy and yeah, you're providing, but you're, you're missing the other side of the coin. And so the thought of like the real, real like reality of my wife leaving with my daughter, which was a very big reality at the end of 2016 yeah. and the fact of me having regrets in my life that I could change now, that was my driving force at that point. So I, I learned through the GoBundance and the M1 worlds and the big personal development worlds that I had to really figure out who I was. And if I started taking some steps back in real estate and I did, wasn't the top producer, like it only was me making that up inside my head. Like what's really behind that? So once I discovered what was really behind that fear, it freed me. So the monster doesn't even doesn't chase me it actually doesn't exist anymore because that monster was me it was my own thoughts it was my own patterning and bs and trauma from the past and it, it doesn't even exist anymore today so i i use uh and i use this in my coaching practice if you don't have a mission if you don't understand the purpose you know the mission is what the world looks like when you're done and your purpose is who you are on that mission if you don't know that then you are just selling houses and when you die, which happens to all of us, let's, and I, I, somebody said this to me very early on in my career. They said, look, if you die tomorrow, you're broker. Like people are going to be sad. But if you're in the middle of a half million dollar transaction, your broker is going to take that transaction, give it to another person that can take over your dot loop account, take over the keys, the transaction and close it. And your ass is not worth anything. And I took that very seriously and I thought, you know what? You're right. Like I'm a commodity at this point and I don't want to be a commodity. I want to actually give people real value. Not that I don't in the real estate business. I do. I just, I wanted to shift into something that was really valuable where you can't duplicate Ian because this is how Ian does it. Like you can't duplicate me. So yeah. that's when I started picking up video marketing and I started picking up, you know, I started really building my team and understanding like this is how we do things. And I took some KW models and I took some models from my other friends and I started just really focusing on what this, this is what I want. I don't want internet leads. I don't want any of that stuff. I run a very tight referral based business through my database, all video marketing, nothing else. And I think that made us really valuable to people. And then I just started increasing the value from there. And that's how our coaching business started. Yeah. It's, it's some great points you made there too. Like at the beginning, there's things we need to do to be successful. You need to go from zero sales to one and to two and to three. And then 
once people get successful, being able to hold on to the why and finding some of those values, because it's really easy once you do become a top performer to make some bad choices, make some bad steps at worth of risking all of it. At the beginning, we, sure. you know, we, we do it for our family because you don't want our wife, you don't want your wife to be going through a tough thing. But then before we know it, we could actually be, you know, screwing up while we're financially doing fine, but, but forgetting right. about the family stuff. These, I, I, I think it's great that you got to touch on that for a second. Now, so now you're doing like you found your new marketing. You've got your teams out there. You're expanding across the U.S. to some other things too. What's what do you, when you say video marketing? What is that? What do you mean? So it was something that actually scared me a little bit, and it made me nervous. And I just have a mindset of like, all right, well, if, there's a there's a really cool book called the um, the War of Art, War of Art, and uh, in that they talk a lot about resistance. And, and, and two types of resistance. One is you push up against it because you're meant to break through it and you have to learn and have abundance and skills and education and mindset and the things that will help you break through and then eliminate the things that no longer serve you, which I think too many people don't understand. They think abundance is money and elimination is bad, but you have to eliminate the habits, the skills, the ways of thinking, the mindsets that don't serve you anymore and get into abundance of what does serve that mission and those goals now. And so video marketing for me was something that was a little scary. And I hired a company to coach me and help me. And, and we saw amazing results from it. So I just, I just, I just, I said, that's it. We're not doing any other marketing. Like I realized that this is more of a blue ocean within the red ocean. Not every agent's going to get on video. They're not going to be me on video. And I think the clients are really going to like this. And then we got really good at social media marketing and that was it. I, I just keep it really simple. Is your video videos of you? Is it videos of properties? Is it walking through houses? No, it's, videos of, it's videos of me just sitting there talking about real estate tips and tricks and then videos of me walking through properties and pointing stuff out. And there's hundreds and hundreds of videos out there that, and that, that helped algorithms, that helped SEO, like, you know, Google loves YouTube video, so here we go. Like, I'm just going to do video. So you went all in on video, and you would push them out through all the different social media channels, and then people would recognize you, and you'd be able to get more that way. So, so real estate, you've you've had an awesome journey so far. Yeah. And, and now the so what's next in real estate? And then I want to talk to you about your podcast. So what are your next? What are your plans so, for next year in real estate? So once I, like say 2017, 2018, I was running a, a big team, like, you know, following the Red Book, the Keller Williams Red Book, the millionaire real estate agent, but I hated my life, man. I was making great money, empowering other agents, and I hated my life, and I thought, I'm not, I can't stick with this. This sucks. Like, I don't like this. And then I thought, oh, it's just me being whatever, defiant, but it really, it, it, once I realized that the real estate business for me was the means to an end, that's when I got very clear on the next phases of the mission and was starting to be okay with slimming my business back to only focus on the, the great referrals, only work with agents that really want to do something and take you know, my guidance, my advice, my coaching. And so I started slimming our business back in 2018 to really understand how we can build the coaching business out and that model of what I'm looking for in my coaching business. And we've been able to do that. And uh, my wife is from LA and she said, you know, one of my dreams is I, I got to get back there. And I, we got, I want to live there. I want to raise our kids there. And I said, cool, I'm into that. Um, so I started the really ramping the coaching business up. I started dialing back the real estate business so that I was really only helping at a very, very high level, like the, you know, maybe four or five clients a month versus 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. And then we just started having conversations with people out on the West Coast about, 
you know, partnerships and, and mentoring and coaching. And, and we just started aligning with some great people out there that, you know, we're, we're now in business with that we're, we're, we're building some really great stuff together. And I, I knew that moving out to California was going to be expensive. So I wanted to have a lead with revenue model. So, you know, the, the teams out there start to produce revenue and then I f- I'm free to roll. Yeah. And then you can start. No, I'm excited to see what happens out there. You know, I've, we've got a lot of friends down in there. We have some of our other podcast hosts that come in as, as guys that run big offices down in LA. And so the, uh, the well, dude, you're, you're crucial in that. Remember that time I texted you and asked for Paul's number? Yeah. That's what came from that. Yeah. The being able to get that. And you, and you guys will recognize Paul. He's, you know, he does a lot of state of the markets with me. He, he's, he's our, our co-host on, on some of the things out here. And now, you know, Ian heard us on the podcast, reached out and said, hey, can I go out there? Now he's building something giant out in L.A. And I'm super yeah. excited for both of you guys to see how that goes. So your podcast, you have yeah. this really cool new podcast that you have also taken on. And I think that, that partially goes into at first it's about building businesses. Now it's about family. Yeah. Now your new podcast is called the Men on Purpose podcast. Yeah, Men on Purpose podcast. Men on Purpose podcast. Very cool. Very cool name. Yeah. What's I mean, I, and I can imagine what it's about, but who are you interviewing on there and what are the topics that you're tackling and how often do you publish your episodes? Sure. So let me, I'm going to give a quick backstory because Aaron and Paul and Pat, like this is about the power of saying yes and just asking questions and being curious. So if there's another thing that somebody gets from this interview, like... Uh, last September, I was asked to be on stage uh, to talk about podcasting only because I had been a host on Real Estate Rockstars and because they came with that clout. Uh, and, and so I was just so curious about what somebody, even before I talked to Pat, I was so curious about what they were doing. I asked to just get on the mic and I was nervous and scared. And I didn't have the skills, but I figured it out. I practiced in the mirror. I, 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 I'm just curious anyway. I wrote a ton of questions. Then I interviewed Pat. And the next morning, like 5.30, I had this vision and I just texted Pat and I said, hey, uh, do you think I could just learn from you? Maybe co-host with you? And Pat's like, yeah, dude, come on. And I think we set up a, like four interviews in a row and, and Pat like rattled on me in the first like 15 minutes and just left me to do the interviews. And he said, look, you did great. And I tweak here and tweak there. And then it just started sailing. And then all of a sudden, my own podcast opened up. You took over this podcast I kind of wide out a little bit, but because of this podcast, I was able to, uh, I mean, obviously I have a relationship with you, but I was able to hit you up real quick, get to a guy like Paul Morris, who honestly, the rest of the world isn't getting to Paul and his cell phone very quickly or very easily. Paul's a busy guy, successful guy. And I had this beautiful conversation with Paul about my mission and the things I want to do in LA. And Paul's like, dude, whatever I can do to help, let's roll. Because it was a mutually beneficial, I said, Paul, what can I do to help you with my real estate background, you know, my, my expertise in coaching? And we talked about it, and he just started making connections. So it's the power of saying yes, and it's the power of curiosity that got me into the position I'm in today. And then fast forward to my podcast, like, Men on Purpose is perfect for me because I am a man on purpose. You know, my family is 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 out front it's driver it's the north star time experiences moments and memories with them living a life of no regrets out in the world as our playground and our classroom right so i don't have to be locked in all we got to get back home to get to this this what looks like a jail but it's actually has says school on it i'm not not playing that game and like 
we interview high level dudes that are doing amazing things and being amazing people. And they've gone through transformation. They've had a bunch of failure. They've had these moments where their lives were teetering on a, I'm going to lose my wife or my kids hate me or my business is going down and I've got to make this, this shift into counterbalance versus this balanced life that people talk about, which isn't real. You, you, you can only balance so much. You overload one side, you're going to topple over. But if you counterbalance in an equal fashion to both sides, you can live a really free flow life. So we talk a lot about feminine and masculine energy and understanding your emotions and past traumas and conditioning. And we've got some, some really good guests, you know, NASCAR drivers, NFL football players, pro wrestlers, you name it. I mean, look, everybody, Aaron's going to be on here soon. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a fun thing you're doing, man. And what a, I love your mission with that. I love, yep. I love your story of failure to working hard to success and then having a bunch of success in real estate and saying, okay, so what's next? What else is there? Like, Hey, I've made it. And now having, you know, the focus on that really, it sounds like you're just on a mission for balance and giving back, right? That balance of, can I be, how's it, can I be super successful, but can I also be a great dad? Like we said at the beginning, being family men with businesses instead of businessmen with family, get to see what it's all about, man. It's, it's been super fun catching up with you today. I knew that you would be able to kind of bring a lot of fun with your story. And I hope a lot of our listeners go over and listen to you on your new podcast to see, as you guys know, Ian helped so much with real estate rock stars, you know, over the years. And then with, with that, being able to take that to go run his own podcast now and still be expanding his real estate businesses and his coaching and everything else, man, I'm, I'm proud to see what you're doing and uh, proud to call you a friend. And I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate this. All right. The last touch, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they find you? My website, ianlobos.com, or you can go to menonpurposepodcast.com and find literally anything you need to know about me, my coaching business, the, my front runner company, the events we're doing, the masterminds we've got, the one-on-one coaching, group coaching, corporate coaching, whatever you need, it's there. Awesome. All right, guys, go talk to Ian. Thanks for having you on and Real Estate Rockstars. We will be back later. Thanks for listening. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.